What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. I'm your host, Tommy Buns. Here as always, feeling good with my main men, Davy Jones and Slytherin Sullivan. We're bringing awesome. you another act episode. Not going to ask my guys how they're doing right now because I know they're doing great. They're always doing great. We're always excited to be here. I have hot cocoa. I'm doing exceptional. Yeah, Sully's got Thanks hot cocoa. Asking. Dave's drinking some tea. I hope that's not red wine again tonight because that is a massive glass. He will be slurring his speech by the end of the episode. I kind of wish it was red wine now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my water. We're staying hydrated. We are just a little worn out because we had to watch the great pickoff, as I'm referring to it on Sunday night, the Rams and Bears. The Bears have a huge win over the Rams now, 15-6 to at home in Chicago. But the real storyline that not a lot of people are acknowledging here is there were seven interceptions thrown in this game. I know the Bears have a great defense, but they to pick Goff off four times, I feel like we got to put most of this on Goff had a pretty bad game. Yeah, it was not not pretty. Um, that's for sure. I I feel like all of these teams though, like in the last like five to seven years that are just like dominant those those 13 and two two those last three or four weeks of the year the you know the one or two lost teams and they always come up in the, sometime in the last three four weeks with this just like perplexing loss where the, i mean not that like losing to the bears is perplexing but the way they did it was perplexing and it just yeah. every four year there hits. seems to be just one one game and this was it for them uh it was it was odd but uh, you know in a three game five game seven game nine-game series, I'm taking the Rams still. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect the Bears to win that game. I expected them to keep it close. Figured yeah. maybe uh, one score, maybe even a field goal game, but they 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 beat them pretty convincingly. I mean, nine points, and Mitch didn't look good either. Mitch threw three picks. So Mitch I mean, looked, they, I think they, Mitch looked worse, honestly, because he was going against the lesser of the two defenses by far. He right, was, but it, it was his first game back. He's missed, what, three, four weeks leading into this? Three, He's I been, think. Yeah, he's been out but, since Thanksgiving, like, or the week before Thanksgiving. It's like, I think that was more him shaking some rust off against, like, a decent, uh, not a decent, a good pass rush. And that, you know, they were pressuring him, so, you know, force him into some mistakes. But, so I think that Goff, in my opinion, had the, the, the worst stay because he's the better quarterback there. For him to throw four picks is a lot more. He's definitely better, right? but just recently, after Trubisky's little three, four game, you know, he went off and I was like, I was wrong about him. He's really been pretty awful ever since, um, since not before the injury too. He had two interceptions in his last game before the injury. Then he had a solid game before that. Then a game before that, he threw a pick. He's thrown three, four, five, six, seven, nine picks in his last, you know, eight games or so. I mean, not awful, but he's, he's not really throwing. He's not what he w once was. But if you take out that six touchdown game, he's been pretty average this year. Um, the, I can almost guarantee you, if you look back at their four, three or four losses, whatever they have now, they're almost all against defenses that were at the time a top half defense. I don't even yeah. know, but I can, yeah. I can almost guarantee it. It's clear that he struggles against against top talent, as a lot of yeah. great quarterbacks do. But I mean, you know, it's it, facts of the facts. Yeah, and then with 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 Goff, I, I'm honestly I'm not as concerned as you guys for Goff, but I'm more concerned with the offensive line and their injuries because they were getting Whitworth was getting beat up, he got taken out, and other they have such a uh, thin offensive line 
Um, they have no depth, really. And that was um, why they couldn't really run the ball with Gurley, putting it all on Goff. And then when sometimes they can't run the ball and he still can be effective, like in the Chiefs game. But um, but when that offensive line is as disheveled as it was, you know, they can't run and they can't protect him. So between the two, I, I think as long as they're, they get their offensive line back and healthy, they'll be fine. And they should be right there. Favorites to go to the Super Bowl, neck and neck and neck with the saints. But um, yeah, the offensive line to me is more concerning than Goff Cause I've seen enough, a lot more good from Goff compared to just one bad game against a, the best defense in football. Yeah, I mean, they're still, I still think, like you said, they're one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. But one thing that I really like about how close it is for that top seed right now, I mean, the Saints have the tiebreaker, so they've got it as of right now with the same record. But I like that they're both going to have to play till week 17 full force to get that top seed, most likely. It's going to come right down to that. The Rams are still probably going to have a chance going into week 17. I think they probably both will win out. And then it'll be, you know, the Saints will still stick with it. But I like that there's going to be competition for that. And no one's going to sure up that top seed most likely before then. Because I hate I hate those garbage like week 17 games where they don't play anybody. And all of a sudden it's like I know fantasy owners hate it. Betters hate it. It's like it just kind of ruins a week if there's a lot of games like that. So to have two of the top teams still have to play their full team most likely. I like seeing that. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's annoying, and it shouldn't really happen this year, thankfully, because like you said, they're as long as they're within one game or where they are now, they neither of them will. And then on the other side, you know, you have the Chiefs; they don't have it locked up yet, and I don't, I doubt they're going to continue to rest Week 17, being that they always lose first round of the playoffs or the first time they play at least. And then a lot, of, a lot of the division and wild card races are are close, so I don't, I don't see a ton of. Um, Resting players week 17, which I agree. Like the Ram, like even if the Rams aren't playing for anything, they got to play their players because you saw them versus the Falcons last year, and they were awful. And they were one of the teams that benched their starters week 17 last year. And see, I'm even if you play them a half or three quarters, that's fine to me. But like, if you don't play them at all, that's just dumb. I, it just it's happened so many times, and it doesn't work out. How often do you? bench your team week 17 and go on to win the Super Bowl. I can't really even it, it, it so rarely happens. That probably honestly contributes to like in the past where you know past like 15 20 years where so many top teams have lost in the first round or lost in their first division game like how many so yeah. many think about how many wild card uh teams have won the Super Bowl. The Giants both times, yeah. you know. The pa- the Packers lost Packers. one year when they did that. And the Packers were a wild card Super Bowl team as well. No, I'm saying they lost one year when they were a top seed. I know they 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 on both sides of the coin. I'm saying yeah, yeah, right. So it's uh it's it's interesting for sure. Right. I mean, this week uh we saw what was there six last place teams won. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, I mean, of- you had the the Jets, the Giants, the Browns, the 49ers, and the. Uh, Lions, the Raiders, and the Raiders, right? The Raiders, the Raiders beating the Steelers. You know, as a, a AFC team that doesn't want to play a hot Steelers team, I like seeing that. I like seeing them go down. Now they're in a dog fight for that division, and if they don't win that division, 
a chance they don't even make the playoffs. Steelers aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, if they lose this week, it's pretty much sealed that they're not going to make the playoffs. That the best be- they can, the realistically, if they lose this week, they're going to go eight, seven, and one. Their season is on the line this week because if they lose this week, there's no way they're going into New Orleans in the dome and, and being the Saints. I won't. I, I don't buy it. There's no way they can. That would be four straight losses this week, five after next week. Then they would go eight, seven, and one. It's, but there's so many more teams competing for the wild card in the AFC. You got the Colts. You have the Dolphins. You have the Ravens all at seven and six, and then you have, I think, the Broncos at six and seven. There's just so much more competition. So, and like, even if the Steelers collapse and the Browns win out, the Browns have a shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, as a wild card, right? As a wild card, the Browns could get that second wild card spot if Baltimore wins the division, and then the Steelers finish with the uh, a game down from the Browns. I'm pretty sure the Browns will get it. Think about how fucking backwards that AFC South is, like, compared to what we oh. thought it would be at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like, there might not be a more backwards division in football. Oh, yeah, I know, because you got to figure – I mean, what, the the Texans start out 0-3, then they go 9 out of 10. <laughs> they, yeah. they win 9 out of 10, and then they bounce back and they – no, they lost this week to the Colts, that's right. Yeah, they won, won 9 right. in a row and then lost this week. Right, and the odds are, I mean, they'll bounce back this week. Who they have? They are, uh, they're playing. They're playing the, the Jets. The Jets, right? So yeah, they'll probably win that game. Although the Jets, you know, they decide to be able to run a two-minute drill all of a sudden to come down and win a game. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have won that. They played. I mean, Donald probably. I think Donald had his best game as a pro, adversity-wise and whatnot, injuries and all. It was really nice to watch. But if they lost that game, we would have been like the two seed, I think, for the the two draft pick or something. So. Could have right. lost, if we would have lost yeah. that game, it would have helped us a lot. But Yeah, it's definitely a little disappointing when you you already went into full tank mode pretty much and you pull out a win like that. You're like, okay, where was that week two? Where was that week three when we could have yeah, turned? But I don't think the Jets have any more wins in them. I think we play, the, we play the Texans, the Packers, and then the Patriots. So those should be three losses. Yeah, realistically, Patriots on the road. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That That's... I mean, we're not, like the, we're not beating you guys on the road. We're not going to beat the Texans this week. And then the Packers, some you really, the Packers are just overrated every year. So, <laughs> I mean, it's possible, but hopefully the, the, the Packers just got to get some fucking talent around Aaron Rodgers. Like what a fucking waste. Are you kidding? Like they, they just, well, uh, they, they, they need, they need, a, they need, they have the one receiver. They have Adams. They got their running back now. It's just, they don't, they don't – the tight end, Jimmy Graham, he's not even – it's like I'd uh, rather have 15 tight ends than him. And then they're – I guess they just don't need a tight end for Rodgers. Like just get a tight end. Like a guy like Rhett Ellison would be amazing for them because he's a great blocker yeah. and he can still in a pinch go and grab a catch and make a play, you know, get a first down. But you don't need yeah. him to be an option. You need him to be a bailout. You need him to be another yeah, offensive they need, They've had Cobb out all year. They, they've had uh, Valdez, Scantling, and these Mark – was St. Brown. They haven't been good. They're not. They've been making a lot of dumb mistakes. They need. They need a couple other receivers because Adams literally has a monster game every day, and that's all. That's all they have. And then defensively, they're just underwhelming every year. Yeah, they need to make a, a signing. At, or, I don't think they should draft. The, I think they should. Spend they should have had. They should have went for Khalil Mack. That's what they should have done. And they watched the Bears do it. That's who yeah. they needed. Yeah. Well, they needed something. I don't know if they were willing to pay. I, yeah, I don't know if they would have been willing to pay that. That's what I'm saying. 
Um, but I, I know, would, but if they would have if they would have done that and the Bears didn't get him, there's no doubt in my mind the Packers would be in first and the Bears would not be in first. Oh, true. Um, yeah. yeah, I just and, think the Packers are incredibly mismanaged and I obviously up until now missed coach, you know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just like it sucks to see Rodgers because like what Brady said about Rodgers is right. If he was fucking in in Brady's place, like he'd have 85 Super Bowls. Like of course he would. Like, yeah. Fucking Aaron really Rodgers, like, it's just so crazy. I'm sick of Colin Coward trashing him every week. I'm so sick of it. You know, every they, week he says, "Well, this is why. This is why Aaron Rodgers. This is why he's overrated. This is why he's he's a diva. He talks too much. He can't win the game for you. Like he says all this dumb shit. Like he's he looked bad in a couple games. I I will admit that he made missed some throws in a couple games, but. We're talking about arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, if not top three, four, whatever you want to rank it. It's him and Russell Wilson, the highest passer ratings ever. Unarguably top five right now. Unarguably top five. Him and Russell Wilson have the highest passer ratings ever. So by that metric, I mean. I'll tell you, I've fallen in love with watching Russell Wilson play football again. He's got it back. He is playing out of his mind. He's running all over the place. He's making big throws. I, I said it last night during the game to you guys in the chat. There's no one more fun to me than wa- the, to watch than Russell Wilson when he's and he having. He didn't even have a good game last night. He, he, he really did it, but he's still so electric to watch. But he, yeah, he, he bre- sealed the game with that run. Yes, he breaks out. He'll run for 15, 20 yards. That that run at the end was crazy. When he, no, that was dude. That was a bigger run than that. Oh no, that that, that, that was like 40 almost. That was like yeah, that was 40. That was he just outran the. Um, the D tackle for uh, the Vikings, and he just gave up. It was so funny. He was running. Yeah, he I forgot his name. Maybe Joseph. I don't know. And he just he just stopped running. And like, no, you're not gonna catch Russell Wilson's four yeah. four speed. Wilson, he, got he's like another guy four, that's five just, yards away. He he's like doing what uh, you want to. You wish like he he's making something out of nothing. It's just incredible in that sense. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. I think is interesting is. Most of us are the people here are guilty of it. We always put the Packers at the top of that division, even though he doesn't have much of a team. But we don't give Russell Wilson the same type of um, his team, the same type of respect in regards to we all pretty much thought the Seahawks would be bad. I thought they were going to be eight and eight best at best. Um, But, you know, he's the one that really is better at carrying his team, I guess you could say. I mean, Rodgers has done it for years, but I mean, you know, Russell Wilson is just as good as carrying his team, if not better, with less weapons. He doesn't have someone like a – he doesn't have a running back as talented as Aaron Jones. He doesn't have a receiver as talented as Devontae Adams. I mean, Baldwin's very good, but he's not – he's been injured. I mean, you look at his receivers, David Moore, Tyler Lockett. The defense has his injuries. Lockett's having a Losing Earl Thomas. Lockett's, like, Lockett's having a year and a half. He is having a very good year, but as a number one, you know – he, he, he's supposed to break out the past three years. He's not a number one. I like him, but he's making, you know, David Moore had a bad game last night, but he's making these little receivers look great. These tight ends, Vanette, Dixon, they're scoring. He doesn't have much to work with. And what are they, eight and five now? I mean, yeah, they're, honestly, they're in the playoffs. I mean, they're going to make the, they're going to be the five seed. So, oh yeah, they, they could honestly, they'll probably, probably finish 10 and six. I mean, they have the Niners and the Cardinals, yeah, they'll probably but they got, they got to play they play the Chiefs at home on Sunday night football next week, two days before Christmas. Oh, I think 
that that's going to be a huge game. That could be a really big game for them. They could, I think they could beat the Chiefs. Their think, defense looks great. I think great. they can because it's similar to what the Cowboys did to the Saints in the regard exactly. that they can control the clock. They can play great, not good defense. Um, they have a quarterback that when you know that doesn't turn the ball over normally, other than the one pick, and he's better than Dak, obviously. So they oh, kind of okay. have similar blue, similar blueprints of controlling the clock, running the ball. No one runs the ball more than the Seahawks, which I actually like. I like their run game. They use Carson, Penny, Davis. Yeah, Carson's the man. He Carson's, just... Carson's, he's a, he's not flashy, but he's a bell cow. You give him 25 times a game, he'll crank out 80, 90 yards, and then Penny. Penny has these crazy explosive plays where he just reverses field and goes for 30. Uh, and then Mike Davis is a good receiving back. So they were really, I mean, I'm Pete Carroll. I mean, he's done a good job this year, I guess. Normally there's so much noise out of our from this week. This year they're, they're playing a good brand of football, a little old school. Yeah. I think, well, and back to your point on the Packers, like why we don't give Wilson credit. I think that's so unique the past like two or three years with the Rams just being far and away the best team in that division. And it's like, yeah, we're not – we maybe haven't given him the credit that he's going to get to do what he's done this year. But, like, at the same time, like, no one ever realistically thought they would have a chance to win the division with the Rams in it, you know. No, but we thought they'd be one of the worst teams, a lot of us. Yeah, I, I didn't think yeah, – I thought they I, were, like, a 6-10 team. I yeah, thought they'd I be, like, 7-9 just I because I of Wilson 8-8 at best, but I don't – I think I said even worse. I think I, I predicted them to have three or four wins this year, I think. I thought they were going to get eaten up in that division, but then obviously you had uh, Jimmy Garoppolo go down, even though he didn't look great before he got hurt. But going into the season, you know, with that contract he got, you had high expectations for the Niners. I thought they were like third, maybe fourth place in that division. And, you know, they're proving everyone wrong there. <laughs> like you said, they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they're going to at least finish nine and seven and get one of the wild card spots. Yeah. But um, real quick, What's with the overtime games this year? I feel like there's been more overtime games this season than ever before. I think um, I, I don't remember this ever happening. I mean, we had two this week. The Browns have had two. We had the Vikings Packers game. We had um, we've had a couple ties this year. It's like I, I just don't I don't remember there being a year with this many overtime games ever. And uh, Miami Bears had an overtime game where Miami beat Chicago at home. It's like. Yeah, so many. The Browns have played in, like, what, three overtime games? Yeah, and it's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, cra and, and, it's cra crazy. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the um the, the rule that it can end in a tie? I, I, I mean, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. I just, I don't need it. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't need it. I don't need it. I just. I don't need it. Yeah. yeah, I'd prefer them to have a uh, Steeler. The Vikings technically have a better record than the Panthers, even though they tied. And if they lost that game, they have the same exact record as the Panthers. It's like, I don't really, I don't know. It kind of it kind of muddles things up and makes things a little bit more confusing than they need to be. Because when you think about it, like, okay, yeah, the Panthers lost. And the Vikings technically didn't lose, but they didn't win. So should they really get the playoff spot over? <laughs> the Panthers in that situation they finished with the same record no yeah it's yeah. like I don't know maybe they change it to the you think like doing something like changing it to the college rules where you gotta score to win basically oh no I I, I, I like I dislike that even greater yeah I don't, uh, that's, just, that's just putting it it's that situational football to me 
Yeah, it's like playing seven on seven. <laughs> yeah, to me, I yeah, think true. In, in the NFL, that would that would just like that I don't. Here's good. the thing. I don't know when overtime got switched to ten minutes. I don't know if it's always been ten minutes, but they need to get it back to fifteen. Yeah, just fucking play in no time. Yeah, just, uh, I don't need, I don't need a the clock. The problem with that is you, you can't do that because of injuries. Teams would get absolutely battered with injuries. Like they they would just get killed. So that that's the issue with that. If you're gonna play over over, if you're gonna play six seven quarters, eventually people are going to die in the field. So. All right, fucking kickoff, fifty yarders until someone misses. <laughs> Let's just extend it five more minutes of over. I mean, I don't understand why overtime is only ten minutes. Every yeah, other quarter is fifteen. Minute, I think a fifteen-minute quarter would make a lot more sense. Because that's the thing. You have a team that drives down the drives down the field, um, and then you know they're on their first possession touchdowns. The game. A lot of times they go for on fourth down. They'll take up four or five minutes. They don't score. Then the other team gets it. They drive down. If they don't score, then they, there's like a minute left by that time. So there's two possessions, two solid possessions of you get no points potentially for going for go for a fourth down, and the other team's got like a minute left. So it's like a three possession thing. Uh, you gotta no. extend it at least another five minutes. But I, 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 the worst thing in sports is a tie. No one likes the tie. Obviously, I get it. It's probably the weirdest feeling. I've never, I don't think I've ever tied in a sport in my life. No, I haven't. I don't know even yeah. know how I'd feel. Yeah, I remember even in like you know when you're playing like t-ball and like when you know f- five, six, seven, eight years old little league. Like sometimes they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you know we tied." Like, bitch, I can count. I know that we got twelve and they got fucking like two. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. fucking. You're I'm not a fucking idiot. Around. Yeah, they just be like, "Oh, that's no, tie." Like, no, it's not. I know the rules better than you. I'm seven. The fuck are you yeah. talking about as a tie? <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 was always the worst. Like you know, they're just like running around, like like the one time we were getting beat so bad, and I was running, I was in the Cardinals when I was like I don't know ten or eleven. We lost like twenty seven to four, and I remember we all knew that it was like twenty something to four because you fucking know they don't stop running, like yeah. they're just running and running and running. And yeah, and I don't know, they got to change something because. Too much overtime, a little too much. Yeah, a little, a little too much. Too when there's two ties in a year, that's a little, little too much for anybody's liking. But um, you know, enough about last week. This week, real quick, we'll get into it. Um, not too much, but we got a couple big matchups. We already talked about the Pat Steelers. Sully's on my side in that one. Thinks the Pats are gonna win. Fuck Tony as always. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that they, the, the Pats could lose. The Steelers could have a huge bounce back game and beat us by 30 at home so whatever in Pittsburgh so it could go either way but I think the Patriots come out of that one with a win we won't get into that one but the um, the Bears Packers that could be a spoiler game for Aaron Rodgers he could potentially kind of screw things up for the Bears a little bit and make their I mean make their ceiling a playoff spot a little bit more difficult push it off another week I mean, I think eventually they get it no matter what. They're going to win that division. But, you know, does Aaron Rodgers play a little spoiler this week? You think he uh, think he complicates things for the Bears, or you think the Bears just shut him down and they, they get an easy win? Um, I don't, I don't know. Easy. Yeah. It probably won't be easy, but, you know, it's always Bears-Packers. Um, I think we, uh, you know, respect Aaron Rodgers still. I don't think he's ready to, um, you know, 
lay down at, at any point, even though their their whole fucking um, season is done in terms of playoffs. They're they're mathematically eliminated now, right? The Packers, um, no. No, because the Vikings lost last night. The Vikings won. They would have been. But since the Vikings lost, they still have a chance at making it. They could finish second in that division at – no, can they – because they have five – oh, but they have the tie. That's why they can do it, because they have the tie. Gotcha. And they have a head-to-head over um, – did they play Carolina this year? They might have the head-to-head win over Carolina. I uh, don't – Think so? I don't know, because I don't think I haven't. They would have played the Saints and shit, too. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. It might, must be common opponents or something. They have some tiebreaker over someone somehow. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, the so, Packers? Yeah, there's something. Well, the, pa- the, the Packers can go 8 7 and 1. And is, just like how the, the, the Giants can go make the wild card at 8 and 8. I mean, obviously the Packers can go with half a, you know, with a tie. Eight and seven and one is better than eight and eight. So they can, if the Eagles lose two games, the Vikings lose two of their last three. Each of those happen. The Panthers uh, lose two of their last three, and then they went out, they'll be in. Yeah, which, like Dave said in the chat, is like worst-case scenario for the Giants. Yeah, Dave I just- Nothing. Dave just has nothing to say about that. I just, I, I don't. I I'm. The, I know the. I know the scenarios there, and I just. I don't need it. I don't need. I don't need it to be a thing. Like just, we're already sliding. We're at the like the eighth or ninth slot now. Like, and there's yeah, so many teams. There's like fucking fourteen teams with five losses or less. It's fucking insane. Between five and three losses, every team's got at least three wins. I mean, five and three wins. Sorry. Yeah. Every team's got and at least three wins. And there's and there's two there's like a bunch of matchups this week between like all three and four win teams like I think uh, the Cardinals are playing the, the uh, Falcons that's two four win team or three win team and a four win team the the Bengals are playing the Raiders that's a four win team and a three win team like it's it, someone's you know move, someone's winning the ball game this year that, that doesn't want to or this week yeah 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 no it's true no one there's no like. Every year where we had, like, the Browns with no wins or someone with, like, one or two wins, it's like, okay, these teams each have, like, three, four wins. They're all going to finish right around there. It's going to be really tight for that, like, one to five pick, one to six pick. Yeah, and honestly, the, the, the Bills looked like they would be that team the first three or four weeks of the year. Remember how bad the Bills were the first month? Yeah. We were like, yo, this team might be, know. like, the worst team ever in football. I mean, obviously this week was a disappointing loss for them. But even the more comfortable Allen's getting, having him back, I think that's helping them out. I think they probably He's pretty good, Allen. Yeah, Allen's looks solid. They found their guy there. I think they found their guy there. You give him time, you get a good coach in there with him, and I think I think you could probably turn that into something. Yeah, they need to tailor their entire draft around him, and they have the, the room to because their defense is already one of the best in the league. So they don't have to – if they can maintain somewhat, you know, the same defense over, the, over next year – um, they really can be in a good spot to, to go after weapons for him. And, I mean, they're going to need a new running back. The shady, Shady's 100% getting cut or traded. And yeah. They, yeah. they need a real wide receiver. Zay Jones is not a number one wide receiver. And they it never hurts to get you guys some help on the offensive line. So if they can spend their first three or four picks in doing that, unless, you know, they're, 
that's that's something that could really change the course for them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know that's that. I'll, I'll do it for that this week. We got a lot more to talk about. We are we're running a little slow right now, but that's okay. But we're gonna get right into our Bleacher Bookie best bets. This is an interesting week, guys. I there are a lot of games that I'm looking at right now, and I like. I like a lot of games in here a lot. I think the uh, the best one on the week, though, for me for my spread, has to be the um, Browns plus three against Denver. No Emmanuel Sanders. They are on the road in Denver, so it's a little tough. But there's no Emmanuel Sanders, which we saw this week when they got beat by the Niners, caused some problems. That really. Case Keenum doing what he does. You know what I mean? That took away his top weapon, really made things difficult there. The Browns looking pretty hot. They won, they won three games under you, Jackson, in 40 games. And then in the five games that he's been gone, they've gone, what, three and two? I mean, they're, <laughs> they, they're turning things around already, just getting that shithead of a coach out of there. So <laughs> I really like the Browns plus three this week. I think they win outright. So maybe even sprinkle a little bit on the money line there, plus 140 right now on my book. So I think that might be a good play right there. Double down on that. And then for my over-under, I like the over 46.5 in the Cowboys-Colts. It's on the road for the Cowboys, so you know they're not going to have that home crowd. Defense might be a little sluggish at first, so I think the Colts will probably put up some points early. Be a high-scoring first half, and then maybe like one or two scores, one from each in the second half. I think this could be like a like a 30-27 game, a 26-28 like 28 game. Enough to cover 46.5, though. I think you hammer the over in that one. Yeah, I like that. I like both of those, actually. Um, so for my uh, spread, I'm going to go to one of those ugly games, um, and I'm going to take the Raiders plus three on the road. Yes, I was looking at that too. Yes, it's just at the end of the day, both these teams have terrible defenses. Uh, Cincinnati's—they're the worst defense in the NFL, um, statistically. And at the end of the day, one has Jeff, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, and the other has Derek Carr. Like Derek Carr hasn't been great this year or last year, but Derek Carr has has greatness in him for stretches. And when you're playing the worst defense in the NFL by a pretty noticeable margin especially against the pass um I just think Derek Carr you know if he puts up three touchdowns he's gonna win this game the the Raiders put up three touchdowns so you know I I just think that getting three against a against a Cincinnati team who you can't hand the ball to Joe Mixon every time and Taj Taj Boyd has shown he's disappeared at times when being the number one and it's just uh, I don't have any faith in Jeff Driscoll. So give me give me those points on a team on a game that I think the Raiders went out right. Um, so you know, like Tommy says, sprinkle a little bit on that one thirty five money line and uh, make a little like, oh, couple yeah. extra shekels. Oh yeah, big time, love it. Um, and then in the over under, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the the Chiefs Chargers. I know it's a late late game. It's fifty three right now. Um, I know it's an early game. Sorry. And uh, I know Rivers historically has struggled at Arrowhead, but um, I think the the Chiefs kind of got popped in the mouth last week, and they were you know lucky to get away with that win. Um, and to be getting three and the hook on the road, 
um, for a Chargers team that's just as hot as any in, in NFL right now. So I, I just think this is a big moment for Phillip Rivers. Um, it's kind of a – he knows his clock is ticking, and uh, if he can't go and win big games like this on the road in the regular season, he's sure as shit not going to do it in the playoffs. So I think, I think it's a big proving ground game for the Chargers. They're fi- finally getting their defense back healthy. Um, but I, I think – quarterback too, right? What's that? They get Melvin Gordon back too, right? So there's there yeah, it's it's questionable right now. They um Eckler's out. Yeah, Eckler's out. Um so I think it'd be Jordan Williams would be the Justin no Justin Jackson. Ju- Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson. Right. Um yeah, so he would be the start as of now, but Gordon tweeted today a picture of him and Philip Rivers with the hashtag war ready. So sounds yes. like if you ask him he's playing. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a difference maker right there. For so them. yeah, I, I just uh, fifty three is honestly not that much for teams that average over thirty. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's really low. Honestly. Yeah, I, it's probably predicated on Philip Rivers' past struggles in there. He, like he's his last like three games. I think he's two picks you know, and six interceptions. Today, so yeah, and and the fact it's a Thursday night. I mean, fifty two and a half on a Thursday night. That's yeah. a. I feel like those games are always way under or way over. Right. Yeah, it's one or the other. Um, so yeah, that's that's my over under. Love it. Oh wait, before you go, Sully, I don't know how I didn't mention this already, but guys, this is that special week. It's that special time of year where we have football on Saturdays too. Professional football. Oh we yeah, the double header on Saturday. Yeah, double header on Saturday. Game with the Texans Jets, and then this is another reason why I picked this, and I forgot to mention it before. Baker Mayfield, 1-0 in primetime. He got his first win in primetime on Thursday night. He's playing the 8-20 game against the Broncos. Even more of a reason to double down on that. you got to lock that wow. one. Wow, I didn't I'm even realize that these games were on Saturday. Double sprinkles. I'm my reputation on that Browns pick right now. That is the lock of the year for me. Baker primetime Mayfield, man. Give him the name now. Sully... Sorry, go for it. I just had to. I, I had to get that. All out. right, I'm excited. I'll be working, but at least I'll be able to watch them here and there when I'm working Saturday. But I also like the two games you picked, the underdogs. I think they're the better teams right now. Um, I'm not going to pick either of those and be redundant. But what do you have the line at for uh, the Dolphins and the Vikings? Was it at seven and a half? Um, seven. Oh, Vikings. I don't even see that. They must not have that up yet for me. That happened on mine. I can't hear you, Dave. Your your thing's been muted. Oh uh, yes, yeah, it's at it's at seven. Okay, yeah. I, it it really didn't matter. I'm taking the, the 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 Dolphins at the points. They're very inconsistent, but so are the Vikings. Um, the Vikings are very unimpressive. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Dolphins, but a touchdown's a lot for a team in the Vikings that really has completely underwhelmed this year. So a touchdown, maybe by the half point, get it to seven and a half, and I think that's, I think they could win, but not. I think it's very likely they covered seven, seven and a half. Um, then the over under, I, I think this is pretty simple i don't maybe i'm missing something but cleveland at denver uh 45 and a half neither team really scores at all so <laughs> definitely under both very good defenses denver and cleveland have very good defenses low-key um 
Case Keenum without his top two weapons, obviously Thomas and Thomas was traded and Sanders is done with the Achilles. You know, Cleveland can score, but, you know, they're no juggernaut. And in Denver, at Denver, they're not going to score much. Uh, 45 and a half, sure as hell, under. Denver with the unders, I like it. Last last week I picked them, Denver and San Fran. I said 20-17 game. I think it was 20-13. to 13. Like in the Denver and the unders. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Definitely like that. I, uh, Keenum is he's bad. Yeah, he, he really is bad. And now with no weapons virtually, I mean. He can't, he can't score. I love that under. I hate unders, but I love that one. But um, another one real quick, just a little bonus one that I was just looking at and I like and I'm definitely going to take myself. The Cardinals plus eight and a half against the Falcons. The Falcons are fucking terrible. And the Cardinals have, uh, they've had some really competitive games against good teams at the time. Remember when the Packers were still pretty good back at the beginning of the season? They had that real close game against them. Wait, didn't they just fucking beat them? They just played them. They beat them. Oh, my God, they did. That's right. They did end up winning that game. That was the first loss. That was the thing that that started off. It was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, Jones took the Packers. Oh, I'm thinking of the Niners. I'm thinking the Niners had that close game with them. And the Niners lost. You're right. The Cardinals did just beat them. But the Falcons, I mean, come on. The Falcons are terrible. The Falcons might not win another game all season. They could lose out. Surprising how bad the Falcons really are. Eight and a half points in that game? Come it's on. really their defense. Matt Ryan is yeah, throwing right. is throwing up numbers like when he won the MVP in 2015. And he's, yeah, he's fallen off a little bit recently, but he really was going off. And now he just can't shoulder the load anymore. I mean... Also, I think he's also I lost his two running backs. Yeah, Freeman. Who's the other running back? All right, well, Coleman's been in and out all year. Right. Yeah, Fre- Freeman is Freeman's a big loss. I never was a big fan, but I guess he means a lot to that offense, too. They haven't really had much of a running game going right. all year. And, I mean, hey, if you're up, if you're up, man, and you really feel good about the Cardinals like I do, that money line is plus 325. I think they could definitely win that game outright on the road, and that's a it's a one one p.m. Sunday game. If you're up from those Saturday night games, because you're gonna bet Cleveland, you're gonna double down on Cleveland, double down on these guys on Sunday. Hit that three twenty five money line, make some big bucks this week. That's, I hope they win. The Jets hope they win. Yeah, I that hope can, they win too. Honestly, that's a Jones. I think you're you're yeah. out of your your you guys are getting into mediocrity now. You're yeah, you got in that really, really bad zone to be in. You guys are in a bad zone. I like where the Jets are at. We're at four wins. You're at five wins. Yeah. And they're favored this week against the Titans. By yeah, two. you're at five wins with three <laughs> winnable games. Likely, I'd say likely the Giants win two games of their last three. Yeah, yeah, well, I could know. definitely see that. There, they look. Hey, could, they could, could be one to two. If they could have been playing like this all season. They could have put a, definitely put a playoff run together and won that division. They uh, they look good. They look good lately. What it they put didn't up even have, It could have been like you just take the first three games off. Like we'd still be like yeah. you know we'd have seven eight wins right now. Yeah, you guys. I that, that I think next year is going to be a big. They get, but I mean you need to get another quarterback. I think that's the biggest issue here. You definitely yeah. need to get another quarterback. It's not even Eli's been bad. It's just another year. He's um, got. Old. I think this is. I think this has to be it for Eli. Yeah, Eli hasn't actually been terrible this year. He was much worse last year. Um, no, but I mean, there's. I can, I can see players. him. 
he looked. I, there's a world where Eli Manning's the quarterback for the Giants next year, but there's, that would be his last. And I think that's if he's being a bridge. But I think speaking of bridges, they should go for Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, I don't Ooh. hate that. I don't hate. I that like at all. that yeah. too. Nice he's a guy you can get for somewhat cheap, and he can turn into a franchise caliber quarterback. Yeah, and that's the direction the league's moving in with these quarterbacks. Anyway, those mobile young quarterbacks that can yeah, really he looked great in Jets. and out of the pocket. I mean, he looked great with the Jets. If he's accurate, that's the thing. He's an accurate quarterback, and there's a place for accurate quarterbacks in the league. And also, um, just not paying a quarterback twenty plus million dollars. Like, how many teams have won the Super Bowl doing that? Fucking not yeah. many, if any. I don't know. Yeah. Like, think about it. Peyton Manning, Brady's never been on that. Peyton Manning wasn't on it. Uh, Rodgers was not on at the time. Russell Wilson wasn't on at the time. Um, Carson Wentz. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I literally... Ben was always taking a pay cut, too. Yeah, I mean, now, yeah, now was, he hasn't won one since he's been, like, the highest paid. Um, I, I literally, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if Eli, maybe, when he was for the second one. That's the only one I could think of off the top of my yeah, head. Get a big contract. He was, pro- he was probably like seventeen or eighteen million back then, which was pretty, which is a lot. But it's, yeah, but it's it's these quarterbacks. They need to be more aware. I mean, we need to know what's more important to them. Is it the thirty million a year or taking you know eighteen million, twenty million a year and possibly having a chance to win a Super Bowl? I mean, yeah. I, either way, I, I if your answer is the money, I can't, I can't blame you. I mean, it's yeah. a lot of money and whatever. Like if that's what makes you happy that's what makes you happy but if you really want to win like you can't be affording to pay whether it's the quarterback the defensive end or the running back 20 million dollars a year you can't or a quarterback's case 30 million now but a quarterback or dn 20 it's just not you can't work and the salary cap area you can't work the numbers they don't you can't fulfill a roster or very very rarely can you yeah no it's true yeah. Like, how much right. is Patrick Mahomes? Like, Patrick Mahomes, they have a chance because he's, you know, he's on his rookie deal. But how much money is that guy going to take? Yeah, that guy's oh, going to make his bank. Also, this whole fucking thing of next man up is automatically highest paid. Like, no, fuck you. Like, there isn't a fucking quarterback. In the, they should all be saying, oh, yeah, Brady makes 14. Uh, no, you don't make – are you better than Tom Brady? Are you better than Aaron Rodgers? No, shut the fuck up, take 14, yeah. or go play in fucking Tampa. Like, I don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah, like they're so like teams like the, the Raiders gave Derek or the the Ravens Flacco. They give these mediocre quarterbacks all this money. Even, I mean, Kirk Cousins. I liked him. I wanted the Jets to get him, but I mean, he's he's awful against good teams with winning records. And if you saw the game last night, he can't. He doesn't handle pressure. He can't. He can't evade it. He can't step up in the pocket. He did one or two times. I think it was once that I saw he make a nice run on the throw, but something he never does. He doesn't throw on the run. He either, either takes the sack, he goes back and takes the sack, or he'll he'll run. He doesn't rarely run throw on the run like a Wilson or, or Rodgers, and that's why he's really like he looks like a bust for the Vikings. I mean, for what they want to do, they I mean, if Super Bowl a bust for the Vikings, pretty much after where they came from last year. So, yeah, the fact that they fully guaranteed Cousins' contract. It was, was only three years, right? Three yeah. years, yeah. four million. <laughs> What was it, 84? 84 million for three years, fully guaranteed. It's crazy. That's That's crazy. But, you know, moving on to another sport that has all fully guaranteed contracts, 
We're going to talk a little bit of the MLB offseason update. We'll give a little bit of update what's going on there. Big move for my boys this week. They're bringing back the playoff hero, Nathan Eovaldi, on a four-year, $64 million deal. I like it. I think if you want to have a solid rotation, you have to bring this guy back. He really performed in the playoffs. He shut down three great teams. He came into that extra inning game and pitched six innings in relief, all in sudden death baseball, and pitched lights out. Guy throws gas. He can hit that 101, 102 at times. He... He's he's been great. I think the two Tommy Johns concerned the Red Sox a little, but I'm very happy they bit the bullet and they signed him for that. I think $16 million a year for how he pitched in the playoffs last year is well worth it. Hopefully it pans out. I mean, definitely puts the Red Sox in a good place there going into next year to have him on the pitching staff. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's, he, he, the consistency's always been a problem with him, uh, you know, obviously outside of injury. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a move they probably had to make. Um, they weren't tied to many other free agent pitchers, um, and not even that there was that many free agent pitchers available this year of that quality. Um, he was probably, you know, at worst the fifth or sixth best available pitcher. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was, you know, it was a deal they, they had to make. He probably, you know, if it was a salary cap league, I, I probably wouldn't want to pay that much for him. But, you know, it's, it's the Red but Sox and it's else not. everyone also wouldn't make that much if it was a salary cap league. It'd exactly, be, exactly. It'd be a lot different, yeah. So money's all, money's all it's got to be a really bad contract for you to not. And, like, teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs and the Red Sox and the Mets, well, not the Mets because their owners are cheap, but, you know, huge market teams, like, money doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The Nationals, like, Phillies are this year, like, I don't – Philly signed McCutcheon to fifty years or fifty million dollars today, and I didn't understand that. I didn't yeah, understand that's, either. But that's like, a wild move. but like they were, you know, when asked if that if this had any inkling on them not throwing hundreds of millions at uh, Harper and Machado, they like laughed at people. Like, yeah, good one. Like, we still gonna give them six hundred million. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, but, but the, uh, how about yeah, the Phillies? They they could they could literally wild. strike out. The Phillies could come uh, come into this offseason talking all this shit, and there's a better chance than not right now that they strike out and get no one of significance than than they're talking about getting their Harper, Machado, Corbin, all three of them, and like all, all these guys, and they they could very well go home empty-handed. They didn't get Corbin. I <clears throat> I kind of have a feeling they might get one of them, but. I mean, no one really, I guess, knows where they're going to go. I mean, with these names, I guess, <clears throat> for pretty much it's like Machado for the Yankees, possibly, and then everyone else, it's like Cubs, Cardinals, White Sox. Um, we did hear that Manny Machado's only meeting with four teams in person. He's only giving... He's are one of them. He's only, I would have to assume. I would um, think the Phillies are one of them as well. I, I agree. Um, so then, And then I would not think... The Nationals or Dodgers are in. I'd say maybe the White Sox are probably one. White Sox are one, so that's that's three. And then there's a, probably a fourth sleeper team, maybe like the Padres or something. I heard they they may surprise people. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't look at that in a sense that oh, there's only four teams interested in him. I looked at that as there's only four teams, no matter the dollar of value that he's interested in. Like, if yeah. the fucking Cincinnati Reds were like, yeah, we're going to give you $700 million, he'd be like, I, I don't give a fuck. 
I'll take 400 yeah. from the Yankees, or I'll take 300 from the I, Phillies. I, oddly enough, I don't see the Yankees really paying him long-term, though. I think if the Yankees do get him, it'll be a short-term deal. I think it'll be like one or two years for like a larger amount. I don't I don't see the Yankees throwing $300 million at him. Um, I don't know why. I just don't have a feeling that they're going to do that. I think I could see them throwing a one- or two-year deal for like even like $35 million for one year or like Seventy million for something higher per year, but short, shorter in duration of years. I'm um, I'm kind of in that sense too, but not to that extent. I think that four to six year range we were discussing a little bit today, because then that puts him at twenty nine to thirty one for his next free agency. I also didn't realize that Manny Machado is only three and a half months older than Bryce Harper. I thought he was like two years older than him. They're the same fucking age. Yeah, they're three and a half months apart. Yeah. What are they, like 26, 27? 24 and 20. I think Machado just turned 25. Harper's only 24? Yeah. Oh, but he was an 18-year-old coming in, right? Exactly, yeah. He dropped out of high school. Bryce Harper Harper had a negative um, defensive run saved of minus 26 last year, so. You hate to see that. Um, That's really bad. I, I can't believe I saw that. Minus twenty six run def- uh, run saved. I will say if 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 the Yankees do end up dealing and Duhar, I think that it, the only way they do that is if they have a handshake agreement with Manny Machado. I would yeah. think so. I don't think they. I don't think they. I would, I would think and Duhar is he's too loved and too proven to just trade him and then be a, oh we'll figure it out. Like no, you need to have. They they have a wink wink agreement with Machado if Andujar's dealt. That's that's not in my belief. I would be absolutely stunned if they. Oh no, Harper's twenty six. Oh, so they are tw- both twenty six yeah, then. I thought yeah. so. I thought he was a little older than twenty four. Okay, so then yeah, they're both twenty six then. Um, but yeah, I would be I would be utterly shocked if they let Andujar go and and did not sign Machado. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would make no sense because being they don't have Didi, that whole left side of the infield would be a mess. Yeah, be, that'd be a huge... Moving yeah. Torres over and then calling up Wade, I mean, it just wouldn't be what it, what it could be. It would be but, a clear clear decline in, in town. Yeah, clear, clear decline. Um, I don't know, yeah, my Mets are scaring me at this this talk. I don't... I, I, I Hopefully we don't give up Nimmo and Rosario for real Muto. Any new news on that? I don't. It keeps I thought I thought Syndergaard was involved in it. Uh, yeah, no, that's in the talks too. I don't. I don't know how likely it is to happen. I've heard it is likely. I've heard it's unlikely. But like, I'm not. I'm the Met fan that doesn't look at Noah Syndergaard as Thor. I don't look at him as a uh, superhero because he doesn't play really. <laughs> I don't know why he's nicknamed after a superhero, being that he can't stay healthy for fingernails and. He like he literally misses games for like, for like something with his like finger blisters and some problems with his nails. So, if the Yankees want to have that problem and we get real Muto, it's not the worst deal. I'll tell you, I'd rather get as as weird as this sounds. I'd rather get rid of Syndergaard and get real Muto, rather than get rid of Rosario and Nemo. I was just gonna say if you had to deal one, yeah, you you rather, you're losing Syndergaard or Rosario. This. I'd say I'd rather get rid of Syndergaard. Even though Nimmo at times plays so hard, he get he 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 gets himself on the shelf too, but still plays so much more than, um, like Nimmo. Like I've emphasized, his WAR is so high, four point four. 
He's can hit. He can run. He well, can defend. What if it's what if Nimmo's not included? Rosario or Noah? You've got to lose one straight up. Oh, that's not even close. Rosario, uh, by I, Rosario, no question. But Rosario's. They said uh, from what I read, Rosario straight up or Rosario and prospect. Neither is going to cut cut the um, cut the cheese for for Real Muto. Not even Rosario. And a prospect. If it was Rosario, oh my God, I'd send him over in a in a ship by now, down to down to fucking Miami. But Rosario, he came along at the end of the year, but defensively, his statistics were very bad last year. Even though he got better, he doesn't get on base. Uh, he's got speed. He's learning how to steal. He's became a better hitter, but he's still got a, he's still got a ways to go. Um, yeah, these. these... That, that, Go ahead. Go ahead. The Mets' top prospect, though, is a shortstop, so that's why I think he's very expendable. Yeah. Jimenez, he's he's 54th on the MLB pipeline. They, um, overall, these Mets reporters, they got to fucking figure this shit out because the Cano deal was the same way. Like, four days, we're hearing all types of different shit. It's happening well, see, now. It's happening it in an hour. happening tomorrow. Like, And this is the same way. It's just no one's getting the fucking report right. It, Ten different respected writers are are giving us different answers. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm very, I'm very over it. I like that we're engaging. I like that we're making noise. It like I love Brody's uh, that he's just throwing himself in the fire because we're never in the fire. But here's the thing: they don't know what to report because they're never used to reporting anything. <laughs> the reports are normally the Mets are doing nothing. <laughs> there are so they don't they don't know how to do their jobs because they never have to do their job. I think that's that's they're not like, a terrible all point. This, all this news. All this news, the Mets are signing people, the Mets are trying to trade for people. What? We normally just sign re-sign Jay Bruce and or, or sign Jason Bay and call it a career for Jason Bay. Jason Bay, what a name drop. So that motherfucker was on the Hall of Fame ballot. What? He was having a Hall of Fame career before he came to the Mets. He was driving in he drove he he drove in hundred and twenty eight or hundred and twenty one one year before he came to the Mets. I mean, he was really, he was a 300 hitter at times, over 100 RBIs, over 30 home runs. If he did that for the rest of his career, probably would have been Tommy or Mike's off. He um, had over 100 on the Red Sox, I think. He did, yeah. And he had over 100, I believe, on the Pirates as well. He had a great career. It was just short. For, yeah. He really, he, I remember looking at his numbers and I'm like, this guy is, so far, he's, he, he hits for average, he hits for power. It's, um, it's for average power, everything. Like, he, really good player, but... Has anyone ever come to the Mets and gotten better? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if, <laughs> if you guys have yeah, signed a... question a, that I... Oh, ah, no, Mike Piazza's best years were borderline around there. They were a little better on the Dodgers, I, I think. You know, you could argue... Yeah, no, I think you could say Carlos Beltran. Uh, he, was the one, he was the one player that came to mind. Did Keith Carlos Hernandez Belt. play anywhere before the Mets? Didn't he the, get the Cardinals? Yeah, yeah, Keith Hernandez. He was better. He was better. On the, he was a little better on the Cardinals. He was he was great on the Mets the first couple of years. I believe he came to the Mets in '83 or '84. Didn't he win um, his, one of his first few years there? Yeah, they won, won in '86. You remember that one, Tommy? Yeah. No, I said MVP, not World Series. I know they won the oh. World Series. Fucking I don't think man. he ever won an MVP, but he batted two ninety six and won twelve gold gloves and isn't in the Hall of Fame, and I'm still salty about it because people did not like him. The writers did not like him. Yeah, I don't know why. He's not in the Hall of Fame? Keith Hernandez is not in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest no, defender. Nineteen seventy nine he won the NL MVP. So he I was oh, a 
Yeah, he was he, a Cardinal when he won the MVP. He won an MVP. He won two championships, one with the Mets, one with the Cardinals. Yep, he won a batting. He was a batting champion in 79, too. Yeah, he was a phenomenal hitter. Batted 296, um, and he he was at 300, but like most people, he played too long, and then it lowered his average. But, yeah, it's it's honestly never brought about, and not just saying because I'm a fan. It's one of the worst um, robberies that he's not in the Hall of Fame. Literally, it's what is it, 11? or you have it up there? It's 11 or 12 gold gloves, I believe, maybe 13. Uh, 11, 11 gold gloves, two silver sluggers, and five-time yeah. All-Star. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and I don't even go by All Stars really because it depends on the era. It's, it's very subjective and like it's tough, but yeah. and first base especially. But here's the thing: my dad always t- told me certain things. He's like 300 hitter, long time, long career, lifetime. You normally get get in 3,000 uh, hits, you're in. 500 home runs, uh, you know, barring steroids, you're in. Those were always like the marks that I kind of looked at as a kid growing up. Like you had a Hall of Fame career. But I look at it as like a whole. Like if you batted 296 and were the best defensive player of your era at your position or or ever for that matter, like you get in. Like, like yeah. the people are you know now they I don't know if you meant where Harold Baines got in, and a lot of people are very salty about that. But you look at you look at Harold Baines' numbers. He he like he had over 300 and something home runs. He batted. He has over I think he has 2,800 something hits. Like he's he's right. He has so many. Um, marks like near like the milestone of what it takes to get into the but he ne- never cleared any of them but it's like i look at it as a whole like if you're good overall in a lot of these categories i don't know that means more to me than just like oh you hit 500 home runs and you batted 230 like i don't is that player better because he just hit home runs like harold beans here's the hits he hit 2866 hits and he had 384 home runs and people are very upset he made the Hall of Fame. Like, that's a great career. Mm-hmm. And I think a Hall of Fame career. And his batting average was two. His batting average was 289. Like, you're so close to the threshold in all those across the board. That means more to me than, you know, someone hitting 500 home runs and batting 240. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I may be biased because I just fucking love Harold Baines. And I'm on baseball tonight. He's, he is honestly one of the best minds in the game from analytical, from a from a like student of the game point of view on baseball tonight, but I just, I don't, I don't understand why we we get so set on like one milestone. Like you need to reach that. You need to reach that. And everything else can be bad. Like big poppy. I don't think he should get in. All he he hit home runs with this between the steroids and not playing defense. I don't think yeah, he's a Hall of Famer between I mean, the steroids. You, you know and how I feel about that, so I I know, and I think I'm. I think out of the two of you, you guys are both. I'm more in the middle. Like you guys, obviously. Oh yeah, I obviously think he should be. But. Obviously, and like it's so easy, Big Papi, to go to you know, get into that whole type of thing. But what he hit like 540, 550 home runs, and he used Five. steroids. So by that token, he should not be in. And then he was a DH for most of his career. And if, when he wasn't, he was an awful first baseman for most of his career. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but the standard is 500 home runs. That's always been the standard 500 home runs. You get in. That's always been the standard that I was taught growing up and minus minus steroids. It's, it's hold held true. Yeah. There's a little, little, uh, baseball hall of fame rant there. I don't know if you had that in the segment, but I threw it in there. Yeah, no, I did it, but I love it. We we don't talk enough baseball in the off season, but 
that is going to wrap it up for that. We'll we'll have some more coming in the next. We'll few wrap weeks. it up like a nice Christmas present. Well, no, I, we got to We got to get we got to get uh, predictions because this time next week people are probably going to be signed. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, we'll do that. So we'll give our Harper and Machado predictions. Yeah, that's fine. All right, I think that Harper ends up in Philly. I think Philly's going to get Harper. And I think that Machado will probably be a Yankee. As much as I hate to see that. Actually, fucking bring him back to the AL East. I want to beam him three times a year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, Machado, Yankees, Harper, Phillies for me. uh, I think I've waned on this, but I think the same for Machado. I think, um, you know, we've heard a lot about him in the past wanting to be a Yankee. Um, if they're willing to work out a deal or they can find a, a lower-term agreement, like Sully said, for more annual money, because they're not going to give someone $300-plus million. They're just not going to do it. Um, when you already have John Carlo on your books for... Yeah, exactly. So, but they but they could do, you know, six years, 200 you know, maybe something like that. Um, so I, I think Machado goes there. And I'm going to go with kind of a sleeper team at this point. I don't know... You want to qualify that, but I'm going to say Harper goes to the Dodgers. Um, I that, I've heard they're going to lose Machado. I I think they. I, it feels like they haven't even considered Machado coming back as a possibility, um, and they have Seager coming back on injury, so Machado really kind of doesn't really have a place there anymore. Um, but I, you know, I've heard a lot about them trying to move uh, Puig and Rich Hill and uh, Bellinger to kind of try and clear space for a big move and you know they're one of the teams that's getting an in-person Harper meeting I don't think the White Sox are a legitimate um path because they're he could have just you know stayed in fucking Washington if he wanted to do another you know not if he wanted to not be able to win and um you know if he's going to go to Chicago I think it'd be to the Cubs with you know his his close friend um I in the Phillies I just I don't see what's necessarily so attractive about them. They have all this money, but, like, they're not spending it, and they're not improving their team, really. Um, I don't think the Phillies are really a World Series threat next year with Harper. Um, So, you know, that doesn't leave many spots. Boston clearly isn't a player. Um, So, and the Yankees, you know, they everything they're saying doesn't seem to be pointing to the direction that they're going to sign Harper. Granted, they've done this a million times before, swooped in and everything did the complete opposite of what they were saying. But it just doesn't, for the first time, it seems like, you know, it's really just like, yeah, we do have six outfielders. I mean, granted, only four of them are really major leaguers, but, you know, we have we have six. Um, and we have absolutely three three great outfielders for sure in Judge Stanton and, and uh, Hicks. Um, so I, I get like that not being a play, but I, yeah, I'm going to go with, I, I just, by, by nature of process of elimination, I feel like the, the Yankees, Dodgers and Phillies are really the only ones in play for him seriously. Um, so I, I, and I just don't think the, I think the Yankees are more on Machado. I think he's more of a fit long term. Um, so I'm going Machado, Yankees, Harper, Dodgers. Like it. Like it, a lot of sound reasoning there. Let's see, let's see I'd happily take both of them though. Just <laughs> yeah. If you yeah, twist you my it. arm, I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> what are you thinking, so, Sully? 
it, it's really quite interesting because no one really has no fucking clue what's going to happen, and we're speculating, obviously. And both your guesses, I, I can't say either of them are bad at all. I think they're both plausible. But I'm going to go in a different direction. I don't think the market for Manny Machado is nowhere near as much as he nor his agent, nor the public believes it is. I do not think he's getting nowhere near $300 million. I do not think that. But I think someone will throw the checkbook at him, and I don't think it'll be the Yankees because I think he wants the long-term deal. I think he can sign with the Yankees, but I think if, if he wants the long-term deal, the Yankees, we can agree, probably won't be the fit for him. So I see it coming down between the White Sox and the Phillies, and I think that he will possibly get a little more money from the White Sox, but I think that he's not going to pass on the opportunity with the Phillies being a better team. So I think that Machado will sign with the Phillies, and I actually think Bryce Harper is going to sign with the White Sox, believe it or not. I think they're, they're going to basically write him a blank check and say, like, yeah, you want $350, $400 million? Here you go. think that he has a market, but I don't think it's as many teams are willing to be in that $400 million range. The starting range was, what, 300 from the Nationals? I don't think that's a bad deal for Bryce. So I think I think the White, the White Sox trade for Ivan Nova, solid um, reliever. They may, I mean, a starting pitcher. They are also looking at Michael Brantley. So if they could get Brantley and if they signed Harper, you know, they, and they got a lot of young talent. If uh, Yohan Mankata pans out for them and a couple other got prospects they acquired. So if he's... If he's signing a 10-year deal, he's looking at this as a long-term project, not a one-two thing year. And in which the White Sox are very well set up for the next 10 years. Maybe not so much the next year or two, but in the 10-year landscape, you got to like their chances going forward with the amount of prospects they've, you know, in the sale trade and things like that that they've garnered. So, you know, as weird as it sounds, I think Bryce Harper, White Sox, and I know Chris Bryant said he thinks he's going to go to the White Sox, which is telling because they're best friends growing up. He did say that he thinks it's a possibility. So Harper, White Sox, Machado, Phillies, as much as I cringe saying that. To me, the Harper, I mean, I, I get, uh, I totally valid everything you said. Um, but to me, like, is he going to be, like, what, what it, are the White Sox not, are they better with him than any other choice he has? Like, there's every other choice he has is a better team with him. Than him when the they White are, Sox. but like I said, I just think I think if if they give him the blank check between that amount of money that he's going to make, and being that they have a very good outlook going forward with their prospects, he's not going to look at it as a short term win now thing. Like with the Dodgers, may not be set up as much as for the future, or you know, I just think every I just think every team that is in the play for both of them is set up for the next ten years. Like who all of them have young talent, all of them have solid to great farm systems. I, I well, all of them are in. Fairly big markets. Well, the Cubs don't really. The Cubs aren't. I wouldn't say are set up. I mean, they got young talent, but I don't say. I'm saying young talent in the in the aspect of. I'm talking about like young players. I'm talking about like prospects and stuff. I'm talking about like long term. I'm not talking about the next two or three years. If he's going to sign a ten year deal, I don't think he. I mean, I don't think he's going to. I mean, the Yankees are set up. Obviously, the Yankees are always set up good. But in seven, five, six years, I don't. I don't know how the we no one knows how the Yankees are going to look. I guess, but probably good with Judge and, and whatnot. But I don't know. I I I I think well the Yankees are are probably out on Harper, like we said. So I don't I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely. I mean, 
I don't know. I read the thing about Chris Bryant saying he thinks the White Sox will end up with him, and I kind of value a lot what he says. That definitely influenced me, being that they're very good friends. I always thought he was going to go to the Cubs throughout the season. I thought he'd go to the Cubs. Yeah. You know, when, when the, you know, the star player, you're, you know, maybe not star, but one of the faces of your franchise says he's not going to come here and go to the, you know, the other Chicago team, you know. I'm just, Clearly, as a Yankee fan, it's so, it's so annoying to hear the last four to five years, all we've been hearing is this summer, the summer, or I mean this winter, sorry, the winter of 2018, we got, we got so much money to spend, it's not even funny. Like, every, all we've been hearing is wait for this summer, we're bringing out the, the fucking Brinks trucks, and we haven't seen it yet. And all we're hearing about is we're not willing to pay this, we're not willing to pay, you know, we're not going over 300 million, we're not going 10 years, like, the end of the day, like you know, like we talked about it before, ba- money's mu- much less of an object in baseball, and especially when you're the most valuable American professional sports franchise in the in the whole country of any of the four majors. You you have the money, let's fucking spend it. When you say you're gonna spend the money this summer, let's do it. We're, are we gonna lose out on a like if we if I hear we lose out on Machado over an additional five million a year? Over like eight years, you know, we we couldn't give him two forty instead of two ten. Like fuck you, you know. We've been hearing this for fucking four years that you're gonna spend money, and now you fucking lose out on five, three to five million more a year. Like it just doesn't. Well, here's the thing: where I think when it comes to Bryce Harper not being a fit for the Yankees, just like you know, he said they have these outfielders. But the thing is, like I said, his defense was so bad last year. I mean, you're putting them in a defensive liability, and you're probably going to treat someone like Hicks. So you're really compromising your defense, and now you're having almost almost Harper is going to be a guy you're going to have to DH eventually in that contract, and possibly sooner than later. Being that how bad his run differential is, the nine, minus twenty six is I can't even believe that. So you know him and Stanton. Stanton would be the better fielder at that point. So you'd be playing Stanton, um, Judge, and then you know Hicks or possibly. You know, if you trade Hicks, then you move over. Who would be the who's the other uh, fielder? Then you'd move Judge to center, and who would play right? I don't know. Well, we got Frazier and Florial still. Florial's so you, one I mean, of the best play, prospects in the majors. Them, so, so you, you, the thing is, your defense takes a big hit there, though. If you if you if you bring in Harper, so I think that might be where the disconnect for them is. And the Machado, I think they're just trying to. If they want, if they really, really want Machado. I think they do get him. I, yeah, I that's what I'm saying. I just, like, don't... Yeah, yeah are, there's no way, I agree, there's no way they say, we want Manny Machado, we're willing to pay as much as we can, and he doesn't come there. I don't think that's a possibility, because it's too good a situation for Manny. But I think they're really, really delving into the character of him, being that the Dodgers didn't want him back. There's been a lot of questionable things. Obviously, we've seen the blowing the bubble, mid-swing, striking out at the World Series, the not hustling to first. He makes you better, but it's just... Do you want to bring that into your very positive young culture that you have with the Yankees have they, that they've cultivated, minus maybe a lazyish Gary Sanchez? Do you want him with Gary Sanchez? Do you want to see how that negatively affects? I think that's what they're deciphering right now. And I get that, but I just don't want to. And if you want to say that, like say that, but don't fucking come to me two weeks from now and say, yeah, we just you know we we couldn't go that extra that extra bit on the checkbook for Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, like. Fucking, everyone's got their opinions about these guys. These are two of the best free agents to ever hit the market in baseball history. Like, it's just, that's the fact. Fact of the matter. 
And you, all we've been hearing about is the, the richest organization in all professional sports has got a blank checkbook. And now you're telling me we got outbid because you didn't think it was the right financial move to spend an extra $7 million a year on a 25, 26-year-old no, superstar? I don't, I don't think they... If they, I don't think they would say that. I, I think they would say that it wasn't a. They didn't think it was a fit. I, yeah, I think that's what but they would to, say. And I, I don't know. I just don't think there's such when when money is not an object to a team like the Yankees in the situation they're in. After what you've been telling your fan base for four years, there, you better have a blank checkbook. Like there's no such thing as getting outbid. I don't give a fuck if the, there's no such thing as overpaying to me. Okay, we have to eat a forty million dollar contract. The Yankees are worth five billion fucking dollars. Five billion. Who, yeah. Who gives a flying oh, fuck thing. about forty million dollars? Like it's fucking monopoly money. It really is. Like as fucked yeah. as it is to say, it's just it's it's just so frustrating to hear. And you know what's gonna be funny is when if the Yankees don't sign anyone, everyone will be shitting on them for not spending the money to get one of the superstars. And then the second they pay three hundred million for a superstar, it'll be oh the Yankees buy their championships. Yeah, it's a no win game. And the funny thing is, the Yankees were second the last two years in MLB roster developed number of players on their MLB roster developed by their farm system. Second in all of the majors, and we <laughs> one they, of the four best teams they, the last they two really years. Changed the narrative. They changed the narrative minus the Stanton, which was a trade. Um, but obviously, that's a lot. But of they money didn't back. sign they that really... contract. That's not that's not buying your players. That's oh, we developed a fantastic farm system that gave us the trade chips to get John Carlos Stanton. Who was no, but mean, some some teams can't really afford MVP. to like the like the Miami Marlins couldn't even though they gave it to him for some reason. But but they certainly have changed the narrative. They've and I think that's maybe part of what they're trying to do. Even though what they said is they 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 like developing their own players. They're obviously amazing at it. You know, maybe they're, they want to, you know, not save their money because how much money they have, but they like the core guys that they have. They like Anduar. They think he's going to become a better defender. He wasn't even supposed to be in the major leagues this year. They think Torres will be better defensively. They want to give these guys, they want to give all these guys the money perhaps when they, you know. I mean, if you think about it, that's really what, like, kind of the recipe of success has always been, at least in our, our generation, you know, the last 20, 30 the years. the Warriors did originally, I mean, well, yeah, changing sports, but uh, yeah, I'm just saying that you get you have your yeah. It's kind of like the Warriors. You have your your core that you developed, and then you bring in a couple of mercenaries. That's where you spend your money. Yeah, and you, you add on icing on the cake. Like exactly. The, the fucking Boston just did it with right? fucking David Price, Chris Sale, and and uh, J D Martinez. They have yeah. they developed all their guys. They got that four or five guys that are great that they developed themselves. The Bogarts, Benintendi's, Bradleys, all uh, uh, Betts and Nat, and then they add in JD and Chris Sale and fucking uh, who who else did I just say? Uh, David Price and yeah. they 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 bring home a World Series title. And I just don't understand the the buying teams. Like sorry, you know we're the rules are set and we're playing by them. If you know. During the Yankees' runs, the Kansas City Royals owner was the wealthiest owner in all of baseball. They were winning forty fucking games no, I, a year. I, I can't hate on it. I really, I mean, I wish, I wish my owner would spend money. I'm, I mean, and they got it. They got it, and that's what's annoying. I, I would be furious if I was an, ex, uh, I mean, a Mets fan. Yeah, yeah. I, and I heard that we were going to spend money this year too. They, that's what they said. That's what they said. They said they were saving up all, you know, all from the Madoff stuff, and they were going to spend money this off season. 
So, yeah, but even then, I'm I've heard those. I'm expecting at the least throw money at Pollock, throw money at Grindal, throw money at Robertson. Throw mo- those are the three guys I want. Throw money there. I'm not saying you got to sign Harper or Machado. That's not realistic. Throw money around at these guys. I don't care if we get them. I'll pay a little bit too much. We're still fucking paying that guy. They're probably fucking. What's I always forget his name. He haunts me. Bobby Benilla. They're probably they're probably still they'll they'll go uh, to that. Oh, we're paying Bobby Benilla a million a year. Like they're just they're so poorly run. I just can't. Uh, it's just, I they can't. also like I heard the quote uh, fucking Wilpon. He's like, yeah, we're gonna throw uh, twenty million of that uh, right insurance money back into the payroll. I'm like, twenty? Throw in a hundred? What are you doing? Like it's fucking New York. A <laughs> hundred? Like are you Will kidding? Pond was- he was he was like he was hunting. What was he hunting? He wasn't gorillas. He was hanging out with the gorillas in in Rwanda in, in an African in Rwanda. Like while while Brody's on his you know he's going nuts, contacting everyone and their mother, trying to do three way deals. This and we have the Will Ponds. Just yeah, oh oh, that's what you're doing. Like I picture him, you know, riding a silverback gorilla with with the with the tele whatever the fuck you call it. And oh. Oh, you're doing that? Oh, okay, cool. Just don't spend too much of my money. Cheap fuck. Yeah, unreal. He sucks. So at least uh, you have the money to spend. I. Yeah, but having the money to spend and not having the money to spend doesn't fucking matter if neither teams are spending it. That's true. That's true. But, guys, we need to move on. Yeah, we, we, our... we've been on a fucking tangent on that. Yeah, we, that went away. I knew that was going to get into something. I knew that. Tom, was, Tommy, Tommy was, Tommy was like, "Oh shit!" I know you guys are going. I was like, "I gotta let it go." I was like, "This is great sports talk here. We we love that." But I was like, "Damn, we need to play defend the wall." I'm like, yeah. "We've been Oh waiting. my god, we still have a lot to do. Yeah, we're gonna cut some stuff from the from the rundown. Are you gonna, gonna do one defend the wall? No, no, you guys are still gonna get two. Actually, you, yeah, no, nah, we'll do two. We'll cut out NBA. Sorry, no NBA talk this week. We don't, NBA is not that crucial right now. Yeah, it's going to all change by next week anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But we're going to defend the wall. Dave, you get to go first this week, A through D. Uh, B. Dave, the Chargers will win the AFC West. That's a tough one. All right, well, they have to uh, start by taking home this win in Kansas City this week. Um... You know, we talked about they're, they're my over under pick of the week, but we talked about how Philip Rivers has struggled. I think he's had under 275 yards passing and two touchdowns and six interceptions in his last four games at Arrowhead. Um, so that's really not what you want to see. The only encouraging sign is he had, I think, over 400 yards and three touchdowns this year uh, against the Chiefs in in LA. Um, so you you have to hope that 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 improvement is because of the Chiefs' terrible defense this year as a compared to the past few years. Um, so if they can get home that win in Arrowhead, then they own the tiebreaker. Um, I'm not sure what their both of their remaining schedules are, but I assume they need help, um, even if they do beat the Chiefs. I'm assuming they need at least one more loss. Um, but, you know, the Chargers are, are a late-breaking team. Um, we've seen the, the Chiefs' armor crack a little bit over the past couple weeks, even almost losing to the Ravens last week. Uh, so I, I think you know a team, a team like the Chargers are playing as good as any team in the NFL right now, and uh, they're all finally getting back healthy. And Philip Rivers is having honestly like a uh, right below that MVP tier type season. Um, he's probably I, I would bet he's the sixth or seventh best quarterback in the NFL fantasy wise this year, um, or in that range at least. Uh, so 
I just think they're they're a team playing well at the right time, and they have the opportunity to take take a huge win and control the series against the Chiefs this week. Nice, very well done, Sully. A, C, or D? Give me A. Sully, this is something you like. The Dolphins will make the playoffs. Wow, and good call, Jones. He's eighth in fantasy. Philip Rivers. The that. Dolphins okay. are my mom's favorite team, and they're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to do it this week by beating the Minnesota Vikings, who are underwhelming and underperforming week in and week out. Um, the Dolphins are really a very capable team. They beat the Bears at one point this year. People forget. Um, they have good core of running backs with Drake and Frank Gore. Kenny Stills has got going. Devontae Parker's got going. Ryan Tannehill looked great against a good uh, New England defense, underrate, underratedly so. So we have the Vikings this week, the Dolph, then they play the Jaguars, then they play the Bills. Those are three winnable games. So they could literally finish this year 10-6 and six and be like the second wild card. And, you know, realistically, they'll probably win two of those games. If you go 9-7, and seven, you're probably going to get that ninth wild card with the, with the Steelers going to probably finish 8-7-1. and one. So the schedule is very doable. Um, I, the defense is respectable. It's it's better than most people think it is. Uh, I think I think they can win nine, ten games with this schedule. I like it. I like it. I like it. But I don't like it because fuck the Dolphins. But I like what you have to say. All right, Dave. C or D? Your mic is muted. We're giving you D. But Dave, your mic is muted. <laughs> That's fine. I, I said I, C, but I'll take D. Oh, we'll give you a C then if you said C. We'll give you C. We'll leave D for Sully. Dave, Luka Doncic is clearly the front runner for Rookie of the Year. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to get a boner right now. I know. I knew. I had to give you this one because I knew you loved him. <laughs> um, yeah. I Luka Doncic is, is incredible. I think he's a, a fucking generational talent. Um, I think he's a player that someday in his career will be the best player in the NBA. Um, he just does everything well. Um, he's 19 years old. He was dominating the second best league in the world, yes, better than college basketball. Um, and it's just, I don't know how anyone thought that he was going to be not good coming into the draft. You'd have to be a fucking idiot. Like, I just, I never saw, I, I said it on here that I thought I would have taken him number one overall. Um, not the Aitons even having a bad year, but uh, Luka Doncic is is far and away going to be the rookie of the year. Um, you look what he's done with that Mavericks team. They're a completely different team with him on the floor. I mean, talk about a guy that makes everyone around him better. Um, he plays defense. He, he, he's he got great vision. He's great in, the, uh, in transition. Um, he can shoot. He can take people off the dribble. He's a guy hitting step-back threes and people's grills to win games. Like, he's unbelievable. He does everything well. Um I think he I think he should be a fucking all-star this year if he keeps it up, but that won't happen because of voting. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't see how how the the way he's doing it on top of the numbers he's putting up, it's just it's special to see. Um, and the Mavericks are – they're a surprise team, you know. They, they're, uh, I think, in the playoffs at, at this point right now, slightly. Yeah, 14-11. Um, yeah, and yeah. they're 11-2 they're and two at home, I believe. So yeah, they they're, ten straight. they're really protecting the home court. Yeah, I, I like them. So yeah, I'm 
Luka Doncic is my favorite player in the NBA outside of players in the Knicks. Um, and, you know, I, just, I haven't been this impressed and infatuated with a player in a long time. Yeah, he's definitely living up to the hype. Definitely could have been a good number one. He's putting pick. up like he's putting up like nineteen six and four as a rookie, which was just yeah. He was numbers. he was absolutely worth two first round picks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, I, I, I would trade my next two first round picks for him. I don't know why the Suns didn't draft him. Like, and what a swap! A point what guard. A swap that they the Mavericks made. To get him, like what a steal that was for them. Yeah, with the with with the Hawks, right? Yeah, yeah, with for Trey Young. The Hawks got Trey Young, who's not been been better than some people think, but I mean, not as no, good as Luca. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Luca, Luca's just what is Trey? Trey Young's putting up fifteen, but he's only shooting thirty-seven percent. Ouch! But he's seven assists a game. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a decent player, just perhaps inefficient. But yeah, Luca's just everything. He brings everything. It's like defensively, he's not. Quick, but he puts himself in the right position, so he's 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 like he's a white smart. Paul Pierce. Yeah, he yeah. really is. He really is because Paul Pierce wasn't quick. He wasn't fast. He's more he's more athletic than Pierce was, and he's just as crafty as Dirk. Like I said the yeah, other day, he's he's got, he, that, he's got that fadeaway jumper like Dirk. Dirk he's got it. He's fucking pass, got everything. Did you see his pass as he was like falling down in between the center's legs. Yes, that was. Yeah, yeah. It's this just guy, shit like that. His yeah. awareness is through the or roof. His, like, or his one of his game-winning assists. He was jumping up and down. <laughs> he oh, slapped man. DeAndre. He gave a two. Oh yeah. High five. Looked like I a kid. saw that. <laughs> also, super hot mom. So big plus there. Oh man, the mom. <laughs> oh man. Well, Sully, this brings us to our last one. You get D. Gonna be a tough one. But Andrew McCutcheon is worth fifty million dollars. Sorry, right, well, <laughs> well, as, as Jones is saying, you know, money isn't much of an object, especially for a team like the Phillies right now. So if we can throw the contract away, he's 32 right now, 32, 33, 34. They'll have him until he's 34, 35. Not awful. Um, who was their left fielder last year? Uh, the name's escaping me, but he wasn't anyone significant. So they did need to improve their corner outfield positions. Um, so he definitely is an upgrade right now for the short term. Um, and if you, if you pair that with someone like Bryce Harper or Manny Machado gives even more protection in the order and, you know, Machado, I mean, uh, McCutcheon did have one of the highest on base percentages in all of baseball last year. So he, he can be someone either at the top or the bottom of the order. If you want to, someone to get on base for, for the big hitters or bunt them over, you could still run a little bit, um, no longer a center fielder, but can play. He's good at the quarter outfields defensively. So is he an upgrade for the Phillies? Yeah, he's an upgrade. He makes them better right now. But do we pass this year? Do we really know? Not so much. But for this year, I, he makes the Phillies better. So. Yeah, hey, I like it, man. You did a good That's job. Tough one. It was a That's tough one. But that brings us to our final segment of the show. Today slash this week in sports history, because it's a dry time of year, like I've been saying. A lot of Heisman questions this week, guys. So I can give you a, a ton of those if you want, or we can just do three or four questions. But we'll see how we're feeling. We'll kick it off, though, with something baseball-related. In 1996, this free agent signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Yep. Fuck. Oh, nice. 
All right. What was he thinking? Yeah, literally, what was he thinking? But in 1980... Well, they were good in the early 90s. They won those two titles. Yeah, Joe Carter. Yeah, yeah. Well, in 1983, the highest-scoring NBA game ever was played between these two teams. It was a triple overtime game that ended 186-184. Who were the two teams in 83? What, Dave? They're muted. Lakers-Celtics. Nope. I, I liked what you said with the Lakers, so I, w- I was thinking Lakers. So I'm going to go Lakers and I don't know. Is it Lakers? Are they in it? No, it was a Western Conference versus an Eastern Conference team. Does this Western Conference team still exist? Yes. Oh. And it is it is east of Nevada. Okay, uh, Nuggets, uh, Nuggets, Wizards. Close, you got half of it. Nuggets? Yep, the Nuggets is right. Nuggets, Sixers. The, the Nuggets aren't, the Nuggets aren't, the, it's not west of, you say, Las Vegas? He said, said east. Oh, east, oh, I'm dumb, I, I'm, that's my bad. Uh, uh Nuggets, Sixers. Nope. Nuggets, Hawks. Nope. Nuggets, Knicks. Nope. Nuggets Celtics. Nuggets Pacers. Nope. Think Nuggets, teams. Nuggets Bulls. Nope. Think teams from the 80s, early 80s. Nuggets, Nuggets Pistons. Yes. Pistons. We just said the same thing at the same time. Oh, God. I said it first. We're going we're gonna to give you each a point there because Dave got Nuggets, and then we'll give Sully the Pistons there. So we'll split that one. So we got 2-1 Sullivan right That's now. That's fair. Um, we are going to go to 2015, where this fighter won. Floyd Mayweather. Nope, nope. The <laughs> UFC fighter. Chuck Liddell. First, nope, won his first featherweight Conor McGregor. Fighter. John Jones. Wait, what did you say, Dave? Conor McGregor. Yep, McGregor. He won <laughs> his first uh, featherweight title by knocking, it, knocking out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds. Isn't it Jose Aldo? Jose Aldo. That's what Joe. Ro- that's what Joe Rogan says, and I figure he's the voice of reason on all things fight. So he's just really the voice of reason on all things. Yeah, he really, he really is. <laughs> he is, but I, I, I tend to disagree with him. I've never met a Jose. I've met many Jose's. Well, my thing is he knows all these guys personally and talks to them, so it's like he must. And he's Brazilian. He's not like Mexican, so. Uh-huh. Could be different. That's true. If you're someone who, like, can't even wrap your head around the concepts of, like, what Joe Rogan says, I really don't want to be around you. You're, like, a danger to my intelligence. Yeah, honestly, he is the best. Speaking of, if you want to, if you like boxing and you were enjoyed the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight, he had Tyson Fury on not too long ago. It was a great episode. And then yesterday he had Deontay Wilder on, and... It was an excellent episode. Loved listening to that guy talk today. You guys should definitely check that out. Great insight into the boxing world. And he gave a potential date for the rematch of Fury Wilder. He said sometime between March and June. So late spring, we're going to be getting the rematch of what was arguably one of the greatest heavyweight boxing matches ever. Maybe Memorial Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend would be dope. But we're going to keep going with this. In 2007... This report was made public. Mitchell Report. Yep. <laughs> didn't, didn't come to me. <laughs> yep. In 2010, this player won the 76th Heisman Trophy. 
Mark Ingram. Nope. Trent, uh, uh, Reggie, no, that's too late. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Fuck. Mark Ingram was 11, wasn't he? Uh, yes. No, Ingram was 2009. Oh, so the year before, okay. Ingram was 2009. But in 1997, this pitcher signed a record six-year, $69 million Pedro Martinez. Yep. Fuck, I knew that one too. In... It's 4-4, right? No, it's I'm what? up. I'm up. 5-4? Yeah, he's, no, he's up. I think he's, yeah, he's up by one. I think it might be 4-3. 4-3? Four, four, okay. Four, three. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in 1991, the New Jersey Nets set an NBA record for having this many blocks in a game against the Nuggets. 37. No. 23. 24. Nope. 22. 22. Yep, 22. Dave got that one. Wait, oh. what? I said it. No, no I said had, it before. Dave, Dave had by like half a second. Did he really? Yeah. He did. Well, it's... but in my defense, I said the number right next to it, so he obviously knows it's the number before it or after it. That's kind yeah. of a cheap way to get a point. Hey, that's the hey, it's the name of the game, Sully. This one, this last question here, is going to be for the win on the episode, and we are going to go to. I had a thought. I had a good one kind of sucks that this is how the last question is going to go. But in 2011, this player won the 77th Heisman Trophy. Tebow. Nope. Uh, 2011. Uh, wait, did Trent Richardson? No. Win the Heisman? He didn't win it. No. Um, oh, Robert Griffin. Yep, RG3. God damn it. Dave wins for the episode, but Sully kept his streak alive. No surprise there. Always putting points on the board. But that is going to do it for us, Dave. Give them those handles. All right, Facebook you got at Bleacher Fan Sports, Twitter at Bleacher underscore fan, and Instagram at Bleacher Fan. And follow our new accounts for the podcast specifically. We have both Twitter and Instagram. Both handles are extra point underscore BF for Bleacher Fan. Make sure you follow those. We're going to build a following just for this podcast under Bleacher Fan. Post some content there, updates on the episode. You guys can give us ideas for the podcast, anything, what you think about it, whether you like it or not. As always, rate, subscribe, share. Please, please, please share. Get this out there. We want to build a, fo- a big following. We want to get this as big as it possibly can be. We hope you guys like it. Again, any suggestions, anything you think about it, please let us know on Twitter or Instagram. We will be back next week to talk about this great slate of NFL games. We'll get to some NBA next week. We'll do our usual segments. We can't wait to see you. We'll be back then. Have a great week.